Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who agree with Jared Goff's plumbing choices. Chris and the Riz. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 486. This is the Detroit Lions final week before cutdowns. And I am your dashing, glorious, wonderful host, Chris. And with me is my co good friend and co-host, Jeff Liriz Rizdon. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Chris. It is great to be with you. It is great to be with this Lions fan, the, the Detroit Lions podcast, the reach that we've got. It's unbelievable. I am so, so incredibly sleep deprived that I can't even talk or think. I'm just really happy to be here. <laughs> we don't need you to think. We don't need you to talk. Oh, we actually do, but that's okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> oh man, we got a lot to talk about today, man. It's been a it's been a week. I, I I feel like people are a little bit nervous about no. post uh, post Jaguars game, Detroit Lions. No. The team's over. It's a world of hurt. It's scary. It's terror. I think we should talk about that today. Yeah, I think so. We've hit we've hit the point where like we we're hitting some adversity and some some something some things that would cause doubt in those mm. that are prone to doubt. And some people have really run with that. You know, there's a lot of people <laughs> it's a that, frustrating. <laughs> there's a lot of people that don't like this guy. But he had some very poignant words. When in doubt, I whip it out. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. In today's show, we're going to do our warm-ups like we like to do. Uh, we got the trade watch. It's a free-for-all! <laughs> we got the trade watch underway. Uh, Jacksonville, preseason game takeaways. Got a lot to talk about here. I think um, there's some ups, some downs, some overreactions, some uh, reactions. We'll get to it. We'll talk about it. We'll see what uh, what to think, what we think. And then you can think otherwise, because that's what you're welcome to do. Uh, we got the roster bubble watch. We got a beachfront debate and a whole lot more. We got a lot going on. A great show. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Looking for my beach, but yes, let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. Hey there, peaceful Tim. How you doing? Bump up at you, buddy. Nectar, right. nectar of the gods. I love being in Allen Park so I can get Smoothie King. Where, where would you find, if you had a god in front of you, where would you get the nectar from? I'll leave Smoothie it at King. that. Okay. <laughs> Very well navigated, young man. Very well navigated. Um, all right. We've got a lot to talk about. First, Joe Williams. Thank you, sir, for the subscription. Thank you uh, for doing that. Remember, folks, please subscribe. Like all that stuff. It's that time of year, two weeks to go where we get ready and run the season. All those likes, those subscribes, they, they help out share, share it with your friends. Let your friends know, you know, that's the, that's the, actually the ultimate uh, compliment you can pay is if you share the show with your friends, it's uh it's very nice of you. Those of you who it do might that. also help you make more friends. I believe that's true. 
Also, uh, the logo's changing on the audio podcast. Audio listeners, don't get lost. Don't get afraid. We've been warning you about that. If you're surprised by it at the end of this month when it happens, well, that's on you. Uh, Daily DOP. Have you been seeing that, Riz? Mr. Ash, he's got one. I'm telling you. So, look. I, for Ash, Ash cracks me up. Oh, God. He's, he's so sardonic. He's I love funny. it. Yep. He's got one come up tomorrow. It, I told him. I, I, just, I just put it together, edited it before this. It is my favorite one that he's done so far. It's really, really, really well done. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I try to for catch it. him live because then, then you can like converse in the live chat. So it is worth watching like live in real time, so you can be one of the people that comments in it. That's fun. Yes, and you're saved in perpetuity. Um, yes, his, yes. His his idea of answering other people's questions mailbag was brilliant. Yeah, and it was yeah. great because like three of the questions were directed to me, and he handled them for me. So thank you, Ash. <laughs> All right, we got that. So, and just so you know, the DLP, the daily DLP, if that's not enough, you don't even realize your lips are wrapped around a fire hose of content when you come here. It's, it's, I mean, your ear holes are getting it. You know, it's your lips, your fire hose of content. You are getting filled up from every orifice. <laughs> um, there is more coming next week. Big surprises, a lot, couple more creators joining, a lot more content coming. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, you just, Cross out your calendar because it's all DOP all the time. All right. uh, Let's see. Last thing. Not the last thing. I have to tell you the season for St. Jude. We've decided this year not to do just a single little event with just the auction and the the 24 hour thing, which I guess wasn't that little because it was a pretty big deal. This is going to be a whole season where we're going to raise money for St. Jude Um, already. BZ ski out of the slack saw it and uh, put a 50 bucker down there. We're shooting for 50 grand more this year. We know you folks can help us do it. So uh, thank you, BZ Ski, for that. And uh, you can go to stjude.org slash DLP. I recognize right now that I forgot to put that on the screen down there. I'm sorry, stjude.org slash DLP and uh, get a donation in there. Uh, we appreciate you all who, who do that. Uh, fantasy football. Last thing we'll talk about fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. Fantasy.detroitlionspodcast.com. I mean, the two things that do absolutely go together your fantasies and Detroit Lions podcast. All right. Let's get into it. Uh, you're, you're down to about the last week, week and a half to get going. Um, yeah. So we're going to we're going to jump into that. All right. Uh, let's go into warm ups. The first thing Riz, as usual, the, the folks are following up there. The Xerox machine is running just right. Uh, people are catching up with the idea that uh, Brian Branch just actually might be kind of good. <laughs> and there's been a lot of praise for him today in particular, but folks are really warming up. I mean, it was, it was, it was abs- really good today. It was absolutely <laughs> obvious. This guy had something really, really something really, really special about him. And he's continued to grow, build upon that. And, um, you know, you talk about the steal of the draft, you talk about all the different things that, uh, that you could see or think of from a, um, a player Whew, branch brings it, man. And we got him. I don't want to say we got him for cheap, but we got him for, for, for cheap, man. He shouldn't have been where he was. Mm. I love it. You know, I, I do have to preface this. It is the preseason. Like, we've seen preseason stars come and go. But I just don't think that Brian Branch is going anywhere. He's so good. <laughs> I loved him in the draft process. I would have taken him at 18. I would have been okay if they took him at 12. Uh, I think he was my number 14 overall player. He's he's really good, yeah. and you know I'll, I'll put on my draft Nick hat as, as the managing editor of Draft Wire at USA Today. You know I I'm fairly tuned into that, and the amount of my draft colleagues who insinuated that he was slow, 
I don't know where y'all went, but that's that's an island that's evacuated now. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's no way you can think he's slow if you watch him play. Evacuation. Um, certainly not in person, but but even like even if you go back and watch some of the Alabama film, he it's not that he was slow there, it's that he he embraced Chris I've said, said this before. There, when you're a safety, some of them literally embrace the actual meaning of that word and play a little safe because you, you're the last line of defense. And if you miss, it's really bad. And I think that's what Brian Branch did a lot at Alabama. And you're seeing him less have to do that here. And my God, he ended, he ended practice today with an interception where he absolutely baited Jared Goff into a terrible pick. But it was a fantastic interception on his part, you know, sort of like feigning a rush, dropping back, getting in the passing lane and picking it off when he was trying to throw Sam Laporta. Yeah. That's yeah. the kind of stuff he does, man. It's It, it was beautiful. Um, and he had a phenomenal day. I know uh, uh, Ben Raven from, from M Live. he missed last week. He was in Italy at, in some castle um, for a wedding, which is pretty damn sweet. But he came back today, and, like, all he could talk about all day was Brian. Like, oh, my God, Brian. I missed this. Like, yeah, dude, <laughs> he's <Yeah>. really good. <laughs> he's really good. Well, and he doesn't start. Still doesn't start. But he's soccer really wizard. Good. Soccer wizard brings it up. 40 times definitely get too much hype. And, and, and I would agree. They are an indicator. They're absolutely an indicator, but football speed is a completely different animal than getting out in your tracksuit and running a straight line. And Brian Branch is one of those examples that has to give GMs a moment to pause and rethink. Don't just sit on the 40 time to figure out how a guy's play. Guess what? Go watch the tape. Some Go guys, to the games, watch yeah. the man play and see what he brings. You cannot beat those that combination of items. The stats are important. You know, the combine, what do they get? Three shots at the 40 uh, at the combine. And that's it. That's, that doesn't tell you a whole lot. And it could be a bad day. It could be any number of things. Um, it's, it's one indicator amongst many. You have to look at the entire body of work. So don't get caught up. GMs, well, other GMs, sure, Holmes won't, but uh, armchair GMs don't get caught up in the singular uh, stats and characteristics. It's a if it's a whole body work you have to uh, think Chris, about. Chris, if you, if you went by the the pure athleticism, Denzel Mims would be an all pro. Now he's yeah. looking for work. Yeah, mm. yeah. There you go. Yeah. No, he was hurt. He was hurt. He was waved injured. I'll give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt on that, but he had played his way down the depth chart. Um, he wasn't getting first team reps anymore, even before the injury. And he was getting some before that. Josh Reynolds and Marvin Jones had pretty clearly passed him. Um, he's, I would expect an injury settlement soon with him so he can try to latch on somewhere else. And he, I well, wouldn't at, bet on success there. Another one, Will Harris, who's going to be, who's, who's an absolute athlete and a half if you go strictly by the stats and the and the, his athleticism man. my man should have been starting number one quarterback week one year one right i mean he is an absolute monstrosity out there right he was a quarterback to start right. <laughs> no he, he was a, he was he was a college safety and they moved him to cornerback and tracy walker was a college cornerback and they moved him to safety and one of those worked. <laughs> Tracy played well today too, by the way. Um, yeah. Not not getting first team reps, but he's he's looking good out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's uh let's get with it. We also have come on, 
I mean, I can't help it. It's it's just Branch, who I am. Branch is so good. And you guys are getting your 32 jersey now. It's uh, it's the way things are. You're going to get this all year. It's not just us. It's going to be everywhere. We're just probably the worst at this kind of thing, or I am in particular, and Riz is long for the ride. But hooker play. Another little warm-up here. I uh, saw a little breaking Instagram story that was bandied about as if it was, like, incredible news. Did you know that, Riz, that Hooker might get activated this season? Who'd have thought? I had no idea that Hendon Hooker might be activated for the Detroit Lions in 2023. This is unthinkable. That's heavy. Heavy. It was all a question of when, right? Yeah. If 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 anybody could tell me when he's going to be activated, I'd be very happy to, to receive that information. Uh, as Dan Campbell said last Thursday, they haven't really talked about it yet. And guess Coach. what? I believe Dan more than I believe somebody that aggregates my aggregation. <laughs> I, like, come on, y'all. <laughs> aggregates my aggregation oh my goodness um I mean, that, that's right. that's unfortunately that is part of my job i do have to do that i don't particularly care for it but it's farmer is pay the bills and it, allow, it allows me to do things like going to training camp today and giving a i think i wrote 1700 words um while i was sitting at panera watching people fight in panera that was fun <laughs> Um, yeah um somebody somebody may have thrown a baguette at someone it wasn't me i wasn't involved but yeah um, is from ohio the that, 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 that allows me to uh you know it, you, you got you got to pay your dues sometimes so you can do the fun things and uh, the fun things are going to camp and going to games and doing film breakdowns and stuff like that sometimes we also have to like write the same thing that everybody else writes because it's it's just what we do Yep, yep. But then the people who write, who rewrite what we all collectively refer to all of us in the Lions blogosphere and media sphere, right? Like, y'all, like, come on. Come on, man. <laughs> Don't get me going on the collusion. I, will, I won't. I won't. <laughs> all right. I will just um, say one thing, one quick recommendation here. If you care about the AI sports writing thing, and I do very deeply, um, my friend Arif Hassan wrote something on his wide left Substack today about how they used an AI bot to cover a high school football game in Ohio. And it's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, would, I would strongly suggest you read it. Subscribe to Arif's work. He, he covers the Vikings. I know a lot of people don't really care for that. He's a this. really, really bright guy, and and he he has a very good eye for things. Um, love you, Arif, um, and I cannot recommend today's article specifically enough. It's it's very good. I will go check that out in particular because I am li- working and building an AM model right now as part of my daily grind. Um, well, I'm not. I have a team of people, but <laughs> uh, it's in, it's 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 ultra interesting. Here's something that a lot of people don't know: the Washington Post today all of their high school sports coverage is AI. They've convinced the high schools and I'll say convinced, but you know, whatever it's a national paper that has local coverage and worse. Think of it. I don't think so. I think, think about this. Think about this year. If, if the Detroit free press, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to use that. That doesn't exist anymore. We'll go with the Detroit news, a, a, a source of uh, quality media. Um, we'll, we'll, <laughs> 
<laughs> you just can't comment. Freep, seriously. Yeah. Anyway. You really can't comment. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, you go, if they were to say to all, and they were a national paper, right? And they were to say to the local high schools, mm-hmm. send us the stats of all your games and your games will be covered in our newspaper. That's no, that's not coercion convincing. They'd be like, hell yeah, cover us a national paper, our high school program for sure. What a great way to get our guys out there. Right. And that's exactly what the Washington post does. They have the high schools submit their stats in a, in a standard format. It's sent in their bot, chews it up, writes a story and spits out every single one of their high school sports stories is written by AI. It's pretty incredible, man. This is obviously where things are going. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know where the technology is going. I know, and I'm doing things that I know nobody's thought of or is doing like we've, I've been to a number of conferences. We are on like the bleeding edge in in this space of what we're doing. It's, it's pretty crazy. Even to me, who's kind of, you know, been a, a kind of, you know, thoughtful part of this, what we're doing and how well it works and, and, and just where it could go. It's, it's really, it's really something. It, and there's going to be like one of the things I'll just stop. I don't want to go too far into the, this is an AI talk, but yeah, we'll, one of the things that's really crazy <laughs> about it is AI hallucinates, man. And that's the thing that's really nuts because it hallucinates with credibility. And uh, whew, anyway, Okay, we'll leave it at that. That's that's the uh, that's the warm up. <laughs> Tactile Puma. I'm sure Chat GPT is better than Carlos. <laughs> yeah, it stopped at oh, 2021 data, and no I would say, comment. well, no comment. the AI is programmed not to be terrible. There you go. <laughs> that's our warm ups. Let's get right into the first uh, first thing. Yes, first, the first topic that we have to cover today. Trade watch. Julian Acora on the block. Is he on the block? He's on the block. I've heard he's on the block. Somebody said he is he. Well, we have somebody from the building with a report from the building from people he's talked to, maybe in the building, maybe outside the building, maybe people that are in the building, but we're talking outside of the building. Jeff Risden has some words on the trade watch. I've talked to people. I've talked to people in both buildings (sighs) confirmed that there's some interest in Julian Okora from the Giants side and that I don't, I, I legit do not know if a deal is going to get done. Um, if it did, I would probably trumpet that, but I expect something. I don't think he's making the Lions. I don't think, I don't think he's, I don't think he's making the initial 53 man roster. And I think the Lions are aware of that. And I think other teams are aware of that. And he has, Certainly some assets. He played very well against New York. I explain a little bit why they like him so much. He got three sacks, had, what, three QB pressures. Yep. Also played really well in, their, in their, uh, their joint practices. So today, which so there are two practices. We have practice today and we have practice. This is Tuesday. Um, we're doing the show day early um, for logistical purposes on my part. Thank you for, for coming in early. And thank you, Chris, for agreeing to it because uh, I could not do tomorrow. You're, you're then, helping me with my schedules the next couple of weeks, brother. Hey, this is a give and a take. <laughs> um, so Wednesday is the last practice that they have before roster cutdowns because you've got the, the preseason game Friday night. They're off Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday is just like a non-contact practice. Or I think that's the, there's one practice between then, but it's not like a full contact practice or anything. It's more like a, an install slash walkthrough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So 
Julian played. I legit don't know if he played on defense today. Um, I did not see him. That doesn't mean that he didn't play on defense, but if he did, it was sparingly, and it certainly wasn't anywhere close to the starters. And that leads me to believe that they want him healthy uh, because uh, he, he, he was – I did see him on a couple of punt coverage units. He whiffed on a block. Uh, that didn't, doesn't help his case very much in making the Lions. So I don't uh, – he will not be on any roster projection that I have, and I'm going to suspect that if you look around to a lot of the 53-man projections that you're seeing around the Lions land right now, He's probably not on many, if any, of them. And he is an NFL player. He does have some NFL skills. They're limited. He's got injury durability problems, and that's a that's an issue. If the Lions can get for him what the Jets got for Denzel Mims, which is a basically a pick swap of a sixth for a seventh, and you throw the player in, I think the Lions would take that money and run. Yeah. And I think that very well might happen. The Giants would certainly be a leading contender because we'll, we'll go. We'll, we'll wind back to when the Giants came to Detroit for joint practices, and one of their media members, who I've known for a very long time, asked me who might be on the trade block, and I suggested to him a few names, Logan Stenberg being one of them. And uh, he's like, "What about Julian Okwara?" I'm like, "Well, okay, yeah, they, they, they make sense on that." Um, I had actually brought up somebody different on the defensive front, but uh, he's it's like, I don't, I don't think you're trading him. I'm like, I don't either, but you never know. Uh, but then we kind of settled on that, and then uh, I contacted this person again. Uh, when did that tweet come out? Um, it was yesterday morning. So it was yesterday afternoon. Yes, I was driving my daughter to driving. My, my daughter's a driver's ed now, and I'm freaking paranoid about that. Uh, I was driving her to driver's head and I talked to him. Um, my daughter will actually verify that we had this conversation because she was sitting there listening to the, the car. And I'm like, yeah, um, I, I think they would get rid of Julian or, or deal him. And he's like, well, we're certainly going to be interested in that. So there's, there's my confirmation that, that they are talking about Julian Okora in other buildings and in the Lions building. Again, I don't know if it's going to happen. I kind of think it will. I don't know what the compensation will be, but my guess would be it's around the Denzel Mims compensation level. And here's the problem right now. Uh, there's there's some questions that that rolled by about iffy for a trade and that sort of thing. The problem if is not, if the problem no is is that you're not really. Everyone kind of knows that Okora is is going to wind up probably getting mm-hmm. cut. So anybody that's likely to get cut has very little value. The value comes in knowing that you're the one that's going to get them rather than rolling the the the, the waiver wire dice. Right. So right. there's and, not and so- any big dollar big move items going on here. So guys like if there is nobody's nobody cares enough about a guy who's so off every time ash you should have heard the string of canadian curse words that came out of him after he did his daily one saying that if he had such a great day and then like hours later oh yeah he's broken again he, he, he was just sewing it's every time the guy has an upward trajectory boom out injured done his, his he's, he's body done. is not made to handle playing football that's that's just a the plain fact we have to come to. Um, we saw him today. He was running. He had his right, or I'm sorry, his left quad, hamstring, thigh, whatever you want to call it, like the femur bone and the crap that's around it was very, very heavily wrapped, like enough that it was like splitting his shorts. 
<laughs> and he wasn't moving all that great. It, it, I, I wouldn't say that he was like 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 days away, but uh, I don't I don't think he's playing this weekend. And he 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 has so much trouble staying on the field. Uh, it's it's frustrating. So to your point about waiver wires, the Giants are a team. They're what they made the playoffs last year, so they're Indeed. like they are in the twenties in the waiver wire. So if they wanted a player like Julian Okwara. They probably can't wait for the cut because Chicago's up there. Chicago's still desperate for pass rushers. Minnesota, desperate for pass rushers. You know, there, there's a lot of teams that need help. Cleveland needs pass rushers still. Um, they're a lot better than they have been, but they still could use some guys. He's not going to fall. If he if he's cut or waived, he's probably not falling to the Giants. So that's where you would get a value, and that's where you get, would get somebody to come in and maybe sign a guy uh, or, or trade for a guy. Uh, but again, it's it's going to be very light compensation. You're you're talking about a conditional pick, whether or not they make the roster. They have to ha- they have to make room for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would actually love to see more player for player swaps um, at, at this yeah. time of year because that just when, doesn't happen. But be, and you would think it would guys that you know, know. you're going to drop and someone else knows they're going to drop rather than have them hit the wire, just move them from spot to spot, right? Vacuum them up before they get out there. I I, I would love to see that. I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, really quick, Levi Anzarike, what's up with him? He looks decent. Just has to get into football shape. This is the thing. I think no one's really talked about with Levi. Levi, it really is a football shape thing. I think what we've seen so far is the injury isn't the hindrance on for on his play right mm-hmm. now it's not an injury problem so now you have a guy that you can stash on the roster right he's an inactive for a couple of weeks but on the roster not and five weeks six weeks into the season you have a fresh interior lineman available who's suddenly you know, into his football shape and ready to play. That's pretty valuable. Maybe it's eight weeks or 10 weeks, who knows, but that's super, super valuable, especially if it's a guy with the potential of a Levi Anzarike. Nobody's talking about that, about the, the kind of late opportunity that Levi has. Everyone's like, is he there day one? Maybe not, but I wouldn't I, make that I think a he, deal. I think, I think he's making the 53. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you saw some things today. Um, he did get one series of, first team defensive tackle reps, but most of the time he was with the, the twos. And there was one time where he was playing with Christian Covington with the threes. So they're clearly still trying to see it. He made a couple of nice plays today. He also got thrown on his ass in the run game twice. Yep. And that's, that's sort of what you get with him. He remember, this is a guy who's had one year of football practice since not 2019. <laughs> like it's just not, He's he's so incredibly raw as a football player, and he's very athletic. He's he's got a great attitude. I've gotten to speak with him very briefly, and I, I've you know been around him when he's talking with other people, and it's like, wow, man, you want to root for this guy? But he's very green. I mean, this is you're you're looking at a guy who's the equivalent like football, like practice and skill and experience wise of like a like a junior in college. Yeah. And you're expecting him to, to go in and, and play against you know, good players. He's going to have some wins and he's going to have some losses. And I think that's, that's who he's going to be. They're ready with that. He's, uh, we'll probably talk a little bit more about him in the bubble watch 
uh, yeah. category because I think he is on the bubble, but I think he's on the right side of the bubble. I don't think it's going to pop on him. What's still funny about that, and, and this is what I want people to kind of recognize about Levi, he's practiced a year since 2019, as you said. He could still kick everyone who's listened to this show's ass oh, on yeah. the line, except oh, maybe God, you, yeah. Coach Campbell. Except maybe you. You could probably still do it. I, I think yeah, I believe you got it. All right. He's, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's very physically impressive. Yeah, he just doesn't know how to apply that to football all the time, and he's got to learn that. Question: uh, There's does Will Harris have any trade value? Yes, I believe he does, but I think he makes the roster. To be honest with you, I um, don't think there's any chance Will Harris is not making this roster. Yep, none. Um, Mike Hodges, how is the new cut them all at once cut down day affecting things? Is it tougher to anticipate future cuts when the waves of cuts we're used to aren't happening? This is really, this is where it's, it does get really interesting. And I want to make a comparison. This is right? a great question, Mike. Yeah. Great question. Originally, and we talked about this at the, at the, uh, at the training camp party, right? People mm-hmm. talked about, oh, players are going to get soft if they don't do two a days. Players are going to get soft if they don't have enough practice time. Players are going to get soft if they cut down all the, the hitting and the pad work that they're going to do. If anything, they're so much harder. They are stronger, faster, better than they ever have been because now it truly is on them to continuously take care of themselves. The guys who don't take care of themselves are and only are in shape because they're forced to be in shape because of what happens at the at the facility. They've fallen by the wayside. They aren't there. These are guys that love football, that are in for the game, that are there 110%. You still have a small, crusty few that hang on, but you've shaken out a lot of the garbage to get to the very, very top-tier athletes who care. Very much the same way that the things, it was a contrarian outcome than what people thought would happen. I'm starting to try to figure out on this cut-down day, everyone's like, oh my God, all this talent, it's not going to be Okay. How what's the contrarian view here? What's going to happen as uh, as a single cut down day instead instead of the waves? What is the net effect? How is the market going to adjust? Right. And I think what happens on cut down day is every team probably starts with a 50 man roster, whether they've cut (laughs) the last three or not, because those bottom three on the roster are absolutely expendable. If the right pieces of talent show up in the in the pool, that's probably one of the first pieces on, on the strategic side. I would agree with that. I think one of the things that we're kind of curious about is if a player, let's let's say Julian Okwara, he knows he's not going to make the roster. Can you cut me two or three days early so I can latch on somewhere else? Because there's nothing that says you can't cut guys now. You don't you don't have to be at ninety right now. You can drop. You can they can cut twenty tomorrow. Make it tough to play preseason game Friday night, especially since the starters aren't going to play again. But (laughs) you could do that. And I wonder if that's going to be something that you see with guys that are like, oh, really? They're cutting him? Okay, well, that the reason why they're cutting him early is so he can get out there and jump get a jump on the market. It's probably a favor to an agent Mm -hmm. or a favor to a player who's, you know, served them well or they want to do right by him. I'm not sure that the Lions are going to do that. I'm not – Okwara would be one guy that would be like that, that would, that would fit. I think Matt Nelson, although I don't think he's getting cut, yeah. Um, yeah. unfortunately. Um, Kabinda, if they were to cut him, I think would get that sort of treatment. Like they'd let him know, like, hey, man, it's not going to happen here. We're going to put you out there, and you, you, can, you can find a place to go where – because, like, full, fullback especially is a very limited position. There's not many teams that use I think there was yeah. nine last year. Yep, yep. Like, and he's – 
I'll just say he is not one of the best 53 players on the team right now. He's probably not one of the best 73 players on the team right now. But I don't know if they're going to cut him or not. But that, that he is a good example of a player that they would do that for. Like cut him Saturday morning after he gets back from Friday night. And okay, okay, go find a place where you can go. We're gonna we'll we'll even help you. Like we'll we'll like, hey San Francisco, you might need a backup fullback who can also play some special teams. How about Jason Cabinda? You know, like that and that that kind of stuff does happen. Um, and that that kind of stuff happens for teams and for players who have good agents and agents that teams like to work with. And uh, in general, the Lions. That's, that's a pretty good relationship with the the agent base. There are a couple of agents who are adversarial, and that's just their. That's like how they. That's how they. That's how they roll, man. Like they're, they're, every every negotiation will be an adversarial negotiation. That's how they approach it. Uh, but there's not many of them, and they tend to not have a lot of big name clients. Yeah, uh, I can't think of any in Detroit that any of the any of the prominent guys like they don't really have that. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll get on the roster to watch. We're just hitting a couple of these questions out of the chat because we love you folks who engage in the chat. Riz, you got to, I just texted you something. I just got something that popped in that you'll, you'll love. You'll absolutely die on this one. More to come. Um, uh, let's see. <laughs> home, the whole really? thing. A home, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you might have to send that to me. <laughs> Oh, We're doing a little man. inside baseball, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris plays high and falls a lot. Oh, sorry, that wasn't me. That was at me. <laughs> plays really high and he falls a ton. Yeah, uh, a lot to see. A lot, lot, lot to work on on uh, Broderick Martin. Broderick Martin is is a really class dude. He's had some some big wins. He's had some losses. He's got work. He's a young guy. Um, later round pick, right? We'll, we'll see. We'll see more from him. He's not going anywhere though. He will not. He will not wind up somewhere else uh, they will make sure they hold on to him because he's a guy that has a lot a yeah. lot to offer in time for this team and I, I think that's really really good um other teams in the roster bubble that could potentially have interest in the lions we'll talk about that we're not there yet we'll talk about that we're, this is all to start with uh julian aquora we got to get to our next our next topic are you okay to move on riz i'm good i love it when you say you're good let's do it i know it's true all right Jacksonville preseason game takeaways. I've been working since 630 this morning, nonstop, other than to stuff in a couple tacos. Uh, <laughs> I am, I'm like mentally, I am like worn. So I apologize, folks, if I'm a, a little bit, a little bit uh, punchy on our show. I'm, I've, I've been up since 410. So <laughs> yeah. I should have waited until 420. Uh, all right. Let's say <laughs> takeaways from the Jacksonville game. Um, Allergies suck. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? Shingles don't care. Shingles don't. Shingles doesn't care. <laughs> All right. Uh, Takeaways from the Jacksonville game. I want to just start out with one Riz, and and you can you can call me high. You can call me crazy. It's okay. You wouldn't be the first person to do this. But I want to I want to temper some of the freak out that seems to have occurred. Everyone seems to have forgotten the Giants game. And now it's like the team's in a ditch. There's no saving it. It's a fire. Did you see our third string? Like, I mean, like we have no, we can't play. Oh my God. We better start the starters this week because like what the, I'm like, let's roll it back. First off, the thing that I've not heard anybody talk about is it was a game until three minutes left in the third quarter. 
I mean, and there was there was some goofy errors. There was the 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 Bridgewater um, fumble early, right? I mean, well, it was a fumble. I'm trying yeah. to remember. Yeah, early in the game, Brad Cecil missed. Brad Cecil missed his block because he wasn't used to playing. Yeah, and, and, and uh, there was a miscommunication and. And but, God bless Jeremiah Ledbetter for getting and, and beating Craig Reynolds to the point of the handoff. But Teddy, Teddy, we'll talk about that. He, he, you know, it's all about reps and building that kind of rapport with your players. He had a ball way behind somebody. He, he, he had trouble yeah. delivering the ball. That's that's not something that a week and a half in is making me think we're absolutely flushing the toilet on Teddy. He's out. He's 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 not going to be good for this team. He has no hope that the team's on fire. We've got no depth. Do you imagine, like, if I ask you to go back in history, Riz, when was the last time that all five backups played on the offensive line? In the regular season? Yeah. Oh, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I can't think of any off the top of my head. I know the Colts came close um, the the year that Curtis Painter was starting for them. I think, I think it was Jim Caldwell's year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's that doesn't happen often. So you so might you might you might have to play two backups. We, and we, we talked we did, about we did that. Halloween. We did that at um, Thanksgiving last year. Yeah, and, and we talked about one. that, right? We watched these yeah. guys. Uh, the, the the of any position group, the offensive line is reliant upon each other. So lower yes. level players can be lifted by better players, and and better yes. players can be brought down to towards the mean of the lower level players, but. The beauty is that we like if look, if we're playing five backup uh, wide receivers, you're probably on your second or third quarterback, too. You've got all kinds of other problems going on at that point. That is not a real world situation in which you actually think this team is probably even watchable at that point. Unfortunately, that's that's the reality. We know we lack depth at offensive line. We know that when all five of those guys play together. You're, they are definitely not as good as the backups for Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a pretty good team, by the way. A lot of people have them they, ranked they in the are. top that's, 10. That's yeah, a football team. Yeah. So, okay, they've got good backups. If that's what you're basing this on and what your your evaluation of the offense is, I'm going to tell you that you may not be watching the right kind of football. I Look, there were things to work on. There was absolutely things to work on by by all of these guys, but I don't think what we saw in Jacksonville is indicative of the quality of this team and how they're going to play against Kansas City starting week one and onward throughout the season until you start to see some of those injuries. I'm not pushing the panic button and I can't believe what I saw when I like I didn't watch the game. I was taking my, my son back to college, so I didn't get home till till um, Saturday night. I was going to watch it Saturday night, but it was late. I was freaking exhausted. I didn't watch it. My wife and I sat down and watched it. We said, hey, we'll bring football back to Sunday. We'll have some fun and do it the, you know, the old-fashioned way. So we watched it on nice. Sunday. And all I got before I, I watched the game from everybody was, oh, yeah, they'll let you down. Oh, this was bad. I'm three minutes left in the third quarter. I'm like, it's still a game. This isn't a freaking disaster, folks. And now we're how deep in the roster by the time we're at the end of the third quarter, right? I'm, I'm sorry. It's, it's just wasn't indicative of any reason to freak out about the team. I, that's, that's, where, that's how I'll start our, our conversation about the Jacksonville game. Tell, me, tell say, me I'm a knucklehead, please. <laughs> I think you can judge Teddy wasn't good. And that's frustrating, but it also is understandable given the fact that he had, what, two, I think, Two, three, 
two practices and a walkthrough with his mm-hmm. teammates. Yep. By the way, he wasn't good today either. Uh, but again, there's not a lot of th- – that's why he's playing so much. Nate Sudfeld didn't even get on the field today. Like, it was it was Teddy or Jared, and that was it. And Teddy needs those reps, and they're getting him for him. And, yes, he needs them. And I think that's that's part of the point is that he's, he's learning. What, like, if you're throwing it this, this pattern to this guy, the ball has to be here. If you're throwing it to that guy, it's got to be here. Like, just little things like that. Teddy's still catching up to that. You know, and that's it, it is going to be a work in progress. But I will say this. If he's playing more than three weeks, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. doesn't. Um, this is Jared Goff's offense. It's tailor-made to what Jared Goff does very well. We like that. It's it's a very good offense. Goff didn't have a great day today. A lot of that, I think, was because Amon Ra, had, Amon Ra wasn't playing and Panay just had a rotten day. But they're, I'm not worried about what the backups did against backups, you know? Like, like, yeah. like the, offensive, the offensive line is a great example. Let's say you've got to play Colby Sorestall. Um, let's say Jonah Jackson gets hurt. Um, he, that happens to him every now and then, and he misses two weeks. Him between Frank Ragnow and Taylor Decker is very different than him between being between Brad Cecil and Jermaine Effetti. Like, that's just the way that's that's football. I feel a lot better about the Colby Soros all in the latter situation than the former yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be great, but no team has. I, I tweeted this during the game, and it literally happened 15 minutes before I did it. People who cover other teams are asking me what the Lions want for Jermaine Effetti because he's better than anybody they've got. That's where offensive line depth is around the league. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Yeah. It's wretched around the league. We are blessed to have a guy who can develop some talent and coax every last, every last drop of juice out of that lemon in Hank Fraley. And damn, he's doing a pretty good job with that. But sometimes the lemons just take that much to squeeze there. And that, <laughs> that's the problem that every team has. Like, right now, this is not just a specific Lions problem, this is an everywhere problem. Yeah. Everywhere, I'm not worried about everywhere problems because then the lines are the same as everybody else. There were two things that worried me about what happened. One of them is that the, the running game, and, and again, you got the offensive line to deal with. The running game likes to do a lot where there's a lot of moving pieces, and they do this with the starters too. And quite frankly, there's too much movement with it. Like Ben Johnson gets a little too cute sometimes with his blocking schemes. And, you, and the defense can just like, okay, you guys go, I'm just going to go get the guy. Um, and we saw that happen today with the starters. And that happened in New England. It happened with Buffalo last year. It happened in the Chicago game last year. Like Ben Johnson gets a little too cute with the run game sometimes. And Jacksonville annihilated that. They did it in the joint practices and they did it in the game too. Yep. Whether you're playing first or third team. That bothers me that Ben Johnson hasn't learned to take that crap out. Like, your left tackle does not need to be pulling around your right tackle who's moving the other direction to pick somebody off. Your center is going out to get the out, the, the, the weak side linebacker because your right guard is, is pulling out and, and taking out the strong side linebacker, and your wide receiver is wham-blocking the nose tackle. Like, stop that! 
It doesn't work. Uh, I just saw Ocho Cinco uh, trying to block Ray Lewis on a short. Maybe it was on TikTok. I don't know. I was rolling through some stuff, and he got hurt. <laughs> like, like this is this is not just from a health I, I, perspective. I, I, I remember that play. I know exactly what player you're talking about. Yep, yep. The Lions, the Lions do too much. If I'm going to criticize Ben, that's one of my criticisms of him, is that he tries to do that stuff too much. And when you're when you're lacking the skill level on your offensive line and relative your skill players, it's really awful. And we yes. saw that Saturday. Like you can't do that crap. Um, that that that's one of them. The other thing that worried me a little bit was that I thought that the the, the pass defense they didn't play as well as they had in practices and they there was there was a lot of holding there was a lot of miscommunication and th- that miscommunication specifically from the second team defense because a lot of those guys are going to play you're going to see Starling Thomas play in the regular season he's going to make this team we'll we'll, we'll talk about about uh, a couple of the other guys but the Another thing, I, I almost think it's, it's Aaron Glenn being what Ben Johnson is. And he's trying to make things a little like sometimes. Sometimes you just want the vanilla, man. You don't need you don't need the banana with the sprinkles and the, and the nuts and the hot fudge and the caramel and the butterscotch and the marshmallow fluff on on it. Sometimes you just want to have like a little bit of vanilla and maybe maybe a little bit of chocolate to go beside it, and that's good. And I think that they get too cute with that too. Um, I, I would like to see them simplify things a little bit, specifically when they have to intersperse the reserves with the starters. You know, let's say, let's say you have to, Rodrigo is pretty clearly the number four linebacker right now. Right. Let's say he's got to play because Derek Barnes gets hurt and Jack Campbell, whatever, just isn't there. And, and it's him and Anzalone. Like, don't ask him to do what, what Anzalone does, or don't ask him to do what Derek Barnes does. Like, let him do what Rodrigo does. I don't think the defense does a very good job of, of that. And obviously, it's preseason. Like, you're not going to change your scheme to fit bench guys. I get that. But I don't think that the Lions – you're asking guys to do things that you know they probably can't do, and that's not setting them up for success, and that frustrates me a little bit. That, that was my other take. That's my other negative takeaway from the Jacksonville game. I'm not – I don't care at all about the score – I don't care that the receivers weren't getting open that well. I don't care that, you know, <laughs> like that's, and the other thing, that is a good football team. That team won a playoff game last year. They're going to be expected to win one this year too. But based on what I've seen from them, that, that that's a really, they have the fastest linebacking group I've ever seen in 21 years of covering the NFL. Their linebackers are ridiculously fast. Yep. which is one of the reasons why you don't run cutback runs against them because it just doesn't work. But my, my, that was another one of my takeaways. Jacksonville's good. Yep. It's a takeaway. <laughs> I, I, I think that a little bit of what Johnson is, Ben Johnson is doing out there is just taking some wild, checking some wild stuff out, seeing athleticism on his guys. What can some of these guys do? And it and, and isn't Definitely. real world stuff. The one thing we have, and I'm not sure if this is going to work, but you can hear more about it. Shortly. That's Johnson power right there. (laughs) Now, I'll I'll do it one more time. Now, nobody knows that song. I will look in the chat. Um, Maybe we'll we'll find a prize for somebody if you know what song that is and what the band is. I don't know that one. It's awesome. It's fun stuff. And I've got, uh, we got some more from that. We'll have some fun with that. Uh, Anyway, 
So, yeah, I think I think there's a lot that, that happens in the preseason. Uh, someone said it uh, right here. Combat sack preseason is a good time to get found out. And I think they know about that. And I don't think that they're showing yeah. anything in there. And as a matter of fact, there's probably some red herrings that they're throwing in there as an opportunity to test the athleticism and how some of their guys work in some interesting situations. Um, one thing we know is Ben Johnson knows how to run an offense. We know that <laughs> that Hank Fraley knows how to run an offensive line, how to build an, a, a run game plan and so on. I'm again, I'm not worried about that. Um, I know that this team will be ready on week one. I don't know that they will win, but it will be. I will be very, very interested to see where we're at. Uh, Soccer Wizard, Ben's final step will be realizing the opposing may not be as clever as him, so he doesn't need to overthink himself. I think I think that's an interesting piece because I, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I, agree, I think yeah. he is I'm, very, very, uh, very in his own head sometimes, but I don't think that's a bad, yes. bad thing. I want to talk about something off the field, if you don't mind, Mr. Risden. Right. Mr. Risden, sir. Um, Graham Glasgow. Now, look, yes. our, our, our wonderful announcers in the preseason, they're always the best of the talent that's out there, uh, saying that he thought maybe high school would be good. But did he not absolutely look like a coach on that sideline? Did he not? Like, like I loved the role that he took with the clipboard, talking through the plays, bringing the guys together. I was, I was ultra impressed. And I think there's something that Graham Glasgow brings to this offensive line and to this offense that nobody was talking about. They all want to talk about, well, he didn't know so good in Denver, but he's got a good football yeah. mind and he's, he, he's, he may yes. well be a teacher, which is a very important piece. And guys like this, just keep your nose down or not him. Keep your nose on this sniff around a little bit. You talk about the, the player coach. He wouldn't be the first player to turn to coach with this regime right i mean not directly from the right. team but like uh well, I mean, sean Deion hamilton did it yeah yeah well there you go you're right you're right um calvin shepherd right from player to oh. coach to um we, we we can see it i don't think this is a necessarily a bad thing this is really really interesting um i loved what i saw there uh he's, and this team is a magnet for good too. guys yeah <laughs> he's he, uh, he he did a press conference last Thursday. It was great. Like I, I didn't have the prior relationship with Graham Glasgow. A lot of other people did. So like when they're asking him some of the questions, I'm like, is that a great? And, and then he ran with, I'm like, okay, all right. I like this guy. <laughs> um, he's funny. He looks good. He looked good today. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's much, much healthier than he was in Denver. And after his press conference, uh, we walked and talked a little bit with him. Um, there was a group of three or four of us that did that. And uh, one of us, was it me, asked him about Denver. And he's like, guys, I could barely walk. <laughs> like, <laughs> and and, that, that, and that, that was all he needed to say. Um, yeah. he, he's, he's clearly in a much better spot now. And has ameliorated my fears about him because I did watch him in Denver and it wasn't pretty. But uh, he's he's it's it's past. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Ah, oh, man. So um, somebody saying um, answer fourteen. Rumor has it golf's going to play for free, so we can pay Ben seven point three million a year to be OCs. Um, I'll take a couple things. One good thing: there's no yeah. salary cap for coaches. Two, you can pay coaches boy, whatever you want. I bet he's within a 
pair of millions or maybe three million of that number anyway. Um, he got a new contract and uh, Ben ain't hurting. <laughs> I'll tell you that. They pulled out the bag for Mr. Johnson this year. And look, he stayed, right? He he made a commitment and they made a commitment to him. Um, I know, I know, you know, some of the numbers of some of the contracts of the coaching staff that, that haven't been publicized. And um they're they're not afraid to take care of the help. How's that for a, a nice way to put on my Ford hat? <laughs> um, not afraid to pull out the checkbook. So um, there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Okay. So we got Glasgow. We got, um, let's talk a little bit about the defense. Um, I feel like the seconds, the number twos looked wonderful out there on defense and i mean after coughing up i mean they had some really good stops in the red zone um they they put they they put the clamps down again on a good jaguars team a couple penalties helped out along the way and uh much needed at, at the right time um by the same token, they weren't calling any pass interference this game. Did you see that? I mean, you could hang a whole wardrobe off of somebody's back. <laughs> Nobody's throwing a flag. It was some pretty ugly stuff out there in that in that case. But uh, we did there get was. we did get uh, pretty lucky in, in the space of um, of you know some of those penalties. Uh, they did I fall. was I was fairly pleased with the defense. I thought they played the offense did them no favors when you gave one hundred was it one hundred thirty three yards. Um, they were one for 12 on third downs. Their average gain on first down was 0.7 yards for the game. Uh, mm. That's not helping your defense. <laughs> no, not at yeah. all. Yeah. So I think that was good. Uh, any other big takeaways, Mr. Rizdon from the um, Lay Jacksonville game? I think, I think we collectively as a Lions fandom um, fell a little bit too much in love with Chase Coda over one nice punt return and a touchdown catch where he didn't get covered. Um, he's, he's, he's been good. No, no doubt about that. He's certainly in contention to make this roster, but I think just, I think we elevated his accomplishments in that game collectively, the, the no Sotros form here um, too high because there weren't any other good points. Like we're just going to celebrate and linger on the. Um, can I? Can I? Can fine. I just? Can I? We, pe- people yeah. super high in Chase Coda. I just there was one play. It was Drummond um, in particular. That wild ass cut across the middle of the field. He came in little slant and then cut and brought him bought himself three yards. I watched that like three times in the, I was in the, they played the replay. I was like, and then it was like the field view from the end zone in. I was like, Holy shit. Oh my, that was really, I mean, it was butter, but I mean, Butter smooth, but sharp. It was a it was a ninety degree freaking corner, and he just went boom and changed direction. It was really, really, really impressive, bro. Um, he had a couple of he had trouble a couple times out there, but this Drummond kid, man, if he can get it all put together, he could really be something special. That route running he's got is is just it's it's very ooh, good. Smoke, and, and so so today. He was repping ahead of Coda. Um, I'm not sure he got any with the ones. He might have had a couple of like plays with the ones, but Coda's still down there with the Trinity Bensons of the world. 
and uh, new guy. Um, it's, he's gonna. It, it's gonna be. It's gonna be some work for him to make it. Um, not, not that he's not a good player, but uh, there's the 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 punt return job is not open, and I think that's that's gonna be the issue for him. Is when when oh yeah, has fantastic punt return. Like oh yeah, that's that's what Khalif does. Like mm-hmm. that's his job, yep. <laughs> and he's not giving that up. <laughs> no, that's... Maurice Alexander. By the way, on, on the injury front, Maurice Alexander was back today uh, and was the first first team kickoff returner. Um, for those of you who like to keep score of those things. Can we just really quick get, get, I know every time we talk about him banging the buttons at the, at the senior bowl, but can we just give a little bit of man love to Dave Fipp? Dude, you look at that return game. I don't care who's catching the ball across the board. They've been just so exciting this preseason, the returns from these guys. I don't know if it's the blocking. I don't know if it's the players. I don't know what the heck's going on. But wow, man, to a man, every single time, it's like, could go all the way. Could go all the way. This is exciting-ass football. For people that are like, yeah, special teams, this Detroit Lions preseason kick return and punt return teams have been fire. Oh, God, man, FIP. Love you, buddy. And, and for you, this one's for great. you, Fip. You've had enough of that shit. <laughs> he loved that button more than anyone. <laughs> he hit that button so many times. It was great. So, I don't know. Did you hear the, the pregame interview that, that our friend Dan Miller did with Campbell? I haven't and seen that yet. Was, I've got it cued. He was asking him about what's going to make the differentiation between like the fifth and sixth cornerback and the third or fourth running back making the team or not. And Dan's like special teams. Like, I don't care if the guy can't play on defense. If he's a better special teams player than a guy that can play on defense, he's making the roster over that guy. I'm, I'm paraphrasing there, but they, their attention to special teams. And, and I'll give FIP some credit here because I see him do it. I, I also see Don Muehlbach coaching it. Their attention to detail on the, the the nuts and bolts of every aspect of special teams is really cool. Well, <laughs> it's and fun to watch them practice it. And that's not something that you normally say. Such a great point, Riz, because I, I, I posed everything as a question. Like, is it like, what is it the blocking? Is it, the, it is, you know, the players, of course, are all gifted. But yeah. the difference is Dave Phipp as a coach, very much like Hank Fraley on that offensive line and bringing these guys, second, third string guys into play and having a, a strong offensive line throughout injury. Uh, the last two years, really the, the, the special teams work is the result of the mastery of coaching and the teaching, the absolute teaching and attention to detail of Dave Fipp. He is, he's a gangster guys. He's an absolute he's- gangster. Gang, gang, Fip. He, he's, he's the dude, man. <laughs> and I, he's not going to get credit. I just, you know, it's, it's, it's this kind of tiny year where people start looking at some of these things that they don't look at because they're looking for more to talk about or whatever. But Fip deserves every bit. I mean, again, beyond the Senior Bowl, he was such a joy to hang with and talk with at Senior Bowl when we got to spend the time he with him. But- he, Chris, he would, Chris, he would have stayed with us for an hour. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. He loved it. Yeah, he's fantastic. He loved talking ball, man. Yep, yep. He's out there, and he's. He, I'm telling you, he's a difference maker for these guys. This is really, really good stuff. I'm, I'm anticipating a good year. Whoever winds up making the team, 
and is playing those special teams roles. You should anticipate a lot of fun in a, in a space that's usually kind of routine as part of the football game. You wait for like something to break, you know, and that's when special then special teams gets interesting. I think it's a anytime anything can happen kind of thing this year for the Detroit Lions on special teams in a good way. They, they might have had some chicanery today. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. We got a lot going on in the chat. Let's get on to the next one. Uh, the Jacksonville preseason. Anything else, Riz, from the, the preseason game you want to talk about? No, it's, it's, it's done. It's over. Okay. Remove so on much, Carolina. So, so much to be excited about about this team. I just felt like people got so twisted up about the the twos and threes. You know what, Chris? Can we, can uh, we look uh, at really quick the next game? Really, but uh, go, go ahead and say what you're going to say. Then I'll, I'll, I want to take us to the next I'll, game. Before I'll, we I'll just on. address this really quickly. Yeah. I think I think it's healthy that we experience this in the preseason. Yep. Because the the level of disappointment and the and the the, the collective doubt that we have now, like, oh my god. Are we a paper tiger? Or where, is, is everything a house of cards? Are we, are we you know, wearing the emperor's new clothes? Like, that's not right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's, I think it's good that we've had this collective conversation and thought process now and not September 17th when they're playing Seattle and could very well be 0-2 after that game. I think it's better to get that out now. Yeah, that's um, fair. And, and I, I've said it before. I will say it again. The two best teams the Detroit Lions play all year are week one and week two. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, I was going to get to another topic, but I want to hit this. I wonder how much Dre Bly has added to that backfield. They look especially good. Now, I just want to remind people that there Dre's, was nobody talking about Dre Bly before I was. Dre's got <laughs> some sauce. Who knew? Who knew? It was even posted on uh, on Reddit. I posted it because people were... Uh, you did. Did. <laughs> you did on a little hidden subreddit that I show people about later. Um, yeah. Dre Bly coming to the town, coming to town very quietly, stepping in, making some moves, doing his thing. I'm certain that Dre has a lot to offer these players and especially in the context of what he's surrounded with. People were worried about him coming from UNC, right? It, or it wasn't NC State. It was UNC, right? It yeah. was at North Carolina. Yep. It was alma mater. Yep. 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 And um, they were worried. Like, oh, no, he wasn't. A- He's surrounded by professionals. He 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 was the guy they saw. He was the shining star there that was bringing so much, and uh, I think that he continues his his star continues to shine here in Detroit. I gotta look this guy up because I know he transferred. Um, they had a corner last year at North Carolina who transferred to Louisville. His name is Storm Duck. That is his actual name. That sounds like a wild fart. <laughs> He will be a guy that is going to be linked to the Lions in the next draft process. He's right now. I would I would peg him third or fourth round. Um, he did not have a good year last year. We'll see what happens after he transfers. But let's just say that he and Dre know each other really, really well. Yep. And it would yep. not surprise anybody. <laughs> there, it's tr- college football starts this weekend, Chris. I am so excited. My Ohio Bobcats play at San Diego State Saturday night. See Curtis Rourke, best quarterback in the MAC, little brother of Nathan Rourke, who tore us up for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Action's back, baby. Uh, all right, now we want to talk about talk about talk about. Um, we got rid, we got rid of the 
We got rid of the Jacksonville game. Let's look ahead a little bit. We've got a week. We're one week away from cutdowns, and we're going to continue to talk a little bit about the uh, the bubble watch and the roster here after this. That's the that's the uh, topic we're going to dive in on. But we've got a, a look ahead to a team that uh, is it's this is a game. I've seen people say we should put our starters in in uh, this third preseason game. Riz, can you? explain why these people are likely heavy drug users uh <laughs> oh my god maybe that's what? too a little accusatory maybe that's a little more than but uh talk about <laughs> the, the starters will not be playing in week no. three. can we just start there well they're they're not dan waffled a little today but if you watched watch the press conference and tell me that the starters are playing <laughs> they're not playing oh. um certainly not, not may, maybe a select few will but dan made it very clear going into the joint practices in his first press conference before jacksonville week that that is their starter time to get ready and david montgomery after practice today um had an informal media session you'll see some highlights of it jennifer hammond interview she was like the the progenitor of the interview and we all kind of glommed on to, to, to hammer thanks hammer um and he basically reiterated is like we got our work in like that's we got sharp playing the ones on the other teams like we were blessed to be able to have that opportunity mm-hmm. so they feel like they are ready with that and the flip side of that and this is like i so i get with the the what Chris alleged you to be a drug user. I understand your trepidation. I understand the need. You want to see them get cohesion. You want to see them play. You want to see them them get out on the field and do it, do it together. Even if it's just for a drive or two, I totally get that. But then I watched the backups. I'm like, I don't want one of these guys Getting a hangnail on their pinky. We'll talk man. about it. <laughs> like it's Shh, not worth it. <laughs> we'll get into this. 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 We'll get into this. We've got our our uh, what, what are we calling it? The the beachfront yeah. debate. We'll get yeah. there. Um, but let's let's the yeah. one thing that I want people to think about. Okay, just just straight one hundred percent. We play these guys, these Carolina Panthers, in Week Five. We don't want our starters out there. That's we don't want we, do. we we don't want to show. Any oh my God. piece this of our is- playbook, we're not doing anything but but maybe checking out some pretty bland plays for some guys to see is- roll and go with it and, and move on. That's that end of story. There's there is a- no reason to watch this football game unless you have absolutely nothing better to do. <laughs> <laughs> Riz talks to drug users. It's like an ABC after school special. <laughs> this is your brain on drugs. No, it's oh, I want it- some bacon. I get it. No, I mean, I want to see football like real football as much as anybody else. I'm cursed that I'm going to be in New York for the first game of the season. I have to watch it at a bar. I mean, not that that part's a curse, but uh, I'd rather be That's somewhere awesome. comfy, right? <laughs> so I'd rather be comfy for the first one against Kansas City. That's that's going to be a nail biter, no matter what. How no matter how the game goes, it's a nail biter. But um, don't. There's no starters. There's no nothing going on. We're just going to see how our depth plays and check them out and get some final shakedowns of those fellas uh, in Carolina. And we're not going to give them a whole lot of crazy uh, real playbook kind of work. They're going to have to make it work the way it is. Also, they're going to have to do it in that, that 
jank ass field at Bank America Stadium oh, in North Carolina. Maybe it'll be better than it was last year since it's not 104 below zero, though. So there you go. All right. Yeah. I think we covered all that. Let's get to. I want to move on to the next topic, if that's okay with you. Please do. Please do. Oh, Roster Bubble Watch. There's a lot about a chomping at the bit on that uh, for that here. All right. Uh, in the chat, folks are. Folks are uh, folks are getting excited about the the roster bubble. So first off, um, Riz, with all the new talent coming in on uh, on DLP, we know you're kind of feeling the pressure. Uh, do you think you continue to make the team this year, or do you think there's a change on the weekly show? I hope that I'm still on the first. Stream. What is it? Do you think that well, you bring? I'm, I'm to feeling. This team? I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm feeling better about our depth. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's talk about the the Lions roster. God, it's love. I'm so excited about what we have coming. Um, let's talk about the Lions roster, raw, rusty roster. We talked about uh, Julian Aquora potentially being traded. We talked about the idea of guys that are likely on the edge and maybe not going to make the roster. They're good trade bait, low value stuff though uh, for other teams that just don't want to risk the waiver wire for those. Particular players, I think what you'll see. Chris, I had a sheet that I got from camp today of the roster, and I circled the players, and it's in my car. (laughs) You know, it's hilarious. (laughs) I still have the July 30th. It's talking about hard knocks. The the la- last year's roster sitting here from I haven't replaced <laughs> it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'm looking here at Jared Davis. Do you think he makes the team? <laughs> He's actually already out for the year. <laughs> I know. Sam. Damn, uh, man, I feel bad for that dude. I love that guy. I don't like him playing football, but I love that guy. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. He's actually, and he's yeah, a he is. he's a generally wonderful, like family man kind of guy too. Yes, so. he is. He's he's a very cool guy. He just wasn't a very good or healthy football player. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk about uh, Riz. So the we've got the Aquara. What about the other Aquara brother known as Romeo? Um, so roster. I think so. Where do you see? I, him? I will say I think he's making it, and I will say one of the reasons is because today he was, when they did their individual positional drills, he was doing it at defensive tackle. And that tells me that they see him in a utility role. That's, that's the role that Josh Paschal and John Kaminsky and Levi Anzarike, um, although Levi almost always plays inside, um, and Hutch, like, Hutch actually played a little DT today. In fact, he went through that drill with the DTs too. Do you think Hutch um, makes the I, team? I do. Okay. I do. Okay. Is he yes. your lock for the year? He might be. Okay. Um, yeah. So I would say Romeo, I think Romeo makes it. Um, I think he's, I think he's one of those guys that makes it and then they like put him on ice and he is inactive every week until yep. needed. Like, Let's say Kaminsky, you know, breaks his thumb again and has to miss a, a week or two. <laughs> he didn't miss him along with the broken thumb last year. Or or Pascal or – they're all bleeding together now. Um, Charles Harris. Um, <laughs> one of those guys gets hurt. Like, you can call him up and he can play any of those spots. Um, yeah. I, th- I think that's very valuable for reserve. And he did take a pay cut, so he's not expensive. There's no, there's no real reason not to keep him. There's nobody that's better than him from below 
You'll see only two people that are below him on the depth chart right now. And this, and this, people are going to go crazy here. James Houston and Julian Okora are the only people below Romeo on the depth chart at that position. That's one of the reasons why two of those guys are always playing at the end of the preseason game. They don't have anybody else. They don't have a UDFA this year. They don't have a, a 2022 seventh-round pick who's trying to make it in, like, that's, that's their roster. Um, yeah. Yeah. Romeo has consistently repped ahead of James Houston at that specific spot all summer. If if you want to argue that, go argue with Aaron Glenn. Go argue with uh, yeah, I, you <laughs> with, know, it's, with it's, the defensive line coach. It's so interesting because James was so so explosive last year. I don't. And, and he's he's and he's played he's played the I've run well him. yeah 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 he played the run great against New York he played it well against the, the like that's what they that's what they keep telling us they're telling him that they want him to do is get better against the run so you're not just out there and when you get into the game people are instantly going to run at you because they know you're only going to rush the passer yeah um and that that's very much what was happening at the end of last season and he by the way he was still pretty damn good at it yeah. He's expanded his game. It's inconsistent. You saw it against Jacksonville. He made a very nice play. He also had one where he ran right past the point of attack and got thrown on his butt. And that's, unfortunately, that's indicative of where he's at. Like, he's I'm an inconsistent player now. I'm interested to see how the play, how the team deals with a guy like him. Huge upside, played really well um, after being told he would never play in the NFL. Right. Really came alive, did a great <laughs> the he did? James Houston Memorial Boathorn. Uh he's you know, he came alive, played excellent. And then he comes out and, and he he isn't they're not seeing it this year, right? Assume assumed assuming that because of where he is in the rotation, see, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, are they going to give up on that guy that quickly? Or are they not? And it, this is this is indicative of the decision making of this team, right? Because look. If the other guys come in and are playing better than him and they give up on him or they cut him or, you know, they try to stash him somewhere. That kind of gives you the real message that you are playing for a position on the Detroit Lions, that your performance matters. And that says it kind of in spades when it's a guy like James Houston, you do that, too. So I'm just going to say right now, if James Houston does not make the roster. It's because the Detroit Lions are making hard decisions on whether you've earned your spot on the team. And people talk about wanting that all the time. But at the same time, fans get a little bit of a love affair with players. And sometimes they want to look past a lot of guys. Like I'm seeing a lot of stuff um, in, in, in the chat right now about um, Oh God, our, your favorite uh, cornerback. Darn it. We just talked about Will Harris. Will Harris. Uh, oh, he's, 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 you know, he's pants. What the hell? No, man. He's, he's, he's absolutely making the team. Like yeah. he's not, he's not anywhere close to the bubble. He's <laughs> turned not. it around this year. He's, <laughs> he's really, and he was playing okay last year. He's, he was on a good trajectory last year. Something happened though, this off season, right? He's, he's going to be on the roster and he's earned the spot. He's earned the spot. So I, I just want people to think about that when these guys, I mean, number one, we talk about it. Hey, the lions are finally in a position where they're going to cut good guys. But now if they're cutting guys like Houston, and I'm not advocating for it. Cause I like James Houston. I like what we saw. He's a great story. He's a cool cat. Right. But, I but think if they James do, making it. if they do cut a guy like that, understand it's because of who earned it ahead of him. And that's 
Yeah. Crazy place for this team to be. Um, I want to. I want to really quick. Uh, people acting like we get a ton for the Acquire Brothers. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. There, it's just not the time to get money for trades because people that are going to get cut. All it is is beating the, the waiver wire. That's all you're doing when you do a trade for them, and that's it. Uh, Don Burr had me laughing with this one. This time next year, we're going to be saying we should trade golf for two seconds and start hooker. <laughs> um, oh dear God. <laughs> Michael Irvin is Levi making the team. Um, you know what? I think he does. I, I think, I think he, does. he does too. And I think he's a guy that's going to be uh, probably start a little later. Uh, Kamish could get more playing time than Harris than Charles Harris. Yeah. Kamish played lights freaking out again. My, he's a guy that when the lights come on, he plays lights out. And I his, will say the sky if, is his ceiling or his ceiling is the sky. Whatever. If Brian branch <laughs> wasn't the best player on the field today, John Kaminsky was yeah, like yeah. the, the, the sideline. I, I don't know that it was CJ GJ, but I'm, I think it was CJ GJ. who was yelling seven, nine. You're trying to block him and you can't. And he's yelling <laughs> that at Panay. <laughs> Panay did not have a good day today. Um, and I, I yeah. talked that up to just being a bad day, but Kaminsky was on fire. He was better than Hutch today. He was better than Harris today. He was yeah. he was incredible. He was he was the best lion Saturday too. Yep. He's he's the the thing with him is he's not a guy that's going to beat your best blocker. Yep. And but if you're focused on Aiden Hutchinson on the other side and Aleem and, and oh crap that branch guy he's in the slot he could blitz like. He just needs that little bit of an edge, and and Kaminsky can tear you apart, man. He's he's really good. He is he, in their fight when they start five up front, and they did that today. He is one of the five. Yep. And Josh Pascal backs him up, and they love Pascal too. And Pascal yep. made a couple plays today as well. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. Uh, so weird to, to hear that Sewell was off. That's not the first time in this preseason and training camp that Sewell has been off. Panay has had a couple of practices where he's not been right. He's just not been the Panay that everybody knows he is. And it's interesting. It's yeah. interesting. Is, is he? Is it is. Uh, I will say this. I put it. I, heads not in it. I kind of buried it in the the thing that I wrote the the practice report at Lions Wire. But I've watched this and I verified this um, with another person that I was watching practice with today. He's better when Vitae is next to him than when Glasgow is next to him. It's it's very noticeable, and that's nothing against Graham Glasgow at all. I I think I dare say that Graham Glasgow is probably better than Big V, but Sewell is just more comfortable. He's more at ease. He's he's more confident when Big V's next to him. Yep. And I, I don't know how they're going to quantify that. Um, I, t- but I think it means I think it means that Big V is starting at right guard, and that, that Graham will be your swing guy. I'll tell you this but, much: a uh, little bit, a little yeah. bit, a uh, little bit of juice. Um, I can't. Never mind. I can't. I can't give no, it away. You, you probably can't say that. <laughs> I, I kind of knew where you were going to go with that. And I'm like, do you really want to do that? No. Yeah. Uh, they. But yeah, that that's something that I'm going to guess the coaching staff has noticed that too. Yep. Um, the D line this year, uh, Don brrr, says we're stacked. Uh, <laughs> oddly, it feels like the way these guys are playing, you know, 
eight weeks ago, I don't think either one of us Riz, would have said we're stacked on the D line. These guys have stepped up and, 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 and look, we knew the defense was going to be improved, right? Yeah. Holy cow. Holy cow. This, this, this preseason, they have, they've made leaps and bounds kind of very good. There's, we've seen golf and the offense light it up in practice. We've seen him do it. We saw yeah. him do it against the giants. We've seen, him. we know it's there. There's consistency. And this is First something day, that they kick the Jaguars ass. Yeah. And, and I mean, in the, uh, in the Stafford oh, area, great that day. in the I, Stafford era, right? There was a half of every football game that Stafford and the offense just couldn't play. And then they would light it up. Right. And it was like, Oh, which half is it going to be? Who, which Stafford's going to show up? What do we got? Right. Um, it was, it was just really weird. And I know, Lions fans have a little bit of uh, PTSD about that right now. Confident. Oh I'm God. telling you, I'm confident in our offense. I just don't Thank think you. that they're throwing everything at you. I'm just so impressed with the defense, not because of how they just played against our offense, right? But how they did play against the Jags, how they played against the Giants, and, and especially in the red zone, right? Um, it's This is intriguing. This may, you know, I was shooting in my mind. I was hoping we could get to like a, a, a number 20 kind of defense in the league this year. It's like, if we could get there and maintain the offense, right? If we could just maintain, we could do some real damage. We could get that playoff win. We could, this, it would be like, holy crap, right? The the hype is real. They've, they've accomplished something. And then, you know, next year could really, really be the one where they blow the roof off. Cause I just, as much as I dream and, and, and hope, sure. They have a shot at winning the super bowl. If they make the playoffs, everybody does, right? You can, you can, that's, it's just get in, just get in. And I, and I absolutely believe the lions will make the playoffs this year, but I don't, I don't walk into the playoffs right now today with this lions team with confidence that we make the super bowl. As I see this defense evolve and see what they bring, my, my, my confidence is a little bit bolstered. (laughs) I'm a little bit different than I was even six weeks ago or four weeks ago. Um, this team is interesting. This team is very, very interesting as to what they could do. And it's all like, it's all going to, like you talked about, those first two games are going to be so damn difficult and so important, not just for the team, but for fans. If we can take away one, we come out of those two games, one and one. That's that's a one big one win, out of that. Bro. I'm very happy. That's I'm very a happy. big win. That is a big win. Yeah. So let's let's go back to the bubble watch for a second because the defensive line has one in Benito Jones. Yes. Who's going to be a guy who is very close. He's somewhere between 52 and 54 on the roster right now. He's <laughs> one of those three spots. We've had I actually had a good conversation last week with John Macaron from from SI um, when we were talking about him and we're like he's making it right. And we're looking at each other and like, well, who kind of beats him out? And it's like, he's, he has, and, and this is the, this is where, this is where internal politicking comes into play. He has clearly played better this summer than Levi Anzarike. Like no doubt about it. anybody who's been in Allen Park will tell you, Benito Jones has clearly been the better player all summer. But, He's the guy that you claimed off waivers last year from Miami. Didn't really do a whole lot. He's very limited in what he does. He's your backup nose tackle if Broderick Martin isn't it. Um, he can sort of play the three, or maybe you put him in and Broderick goes to the thing. But 
There's there's a very limited role in what he does, but he's really, really good at that. Is that enough to make him get on the team? Will he be the fifth defense? Will they keep five defensive tackles? Will they only keep four? Um, I actually did a projection where they only kept three because guys like Kaminsky and Pascal and other guys can can all play that. Can I, can I think I they're really, keeping four. On that, let me just let me just roll a little bit of a, a rumbler in there. Um, people are saying, "Oh, wow, we could keep, we could keep five running backs because uh, Jamo's suspended." No. Oh, well, but hold on, because Jamo's suspended. Yeah, we could. Or what if we kept an extra defensive lineman? We don't have to sit there and hold an offensive player. You have every position on the roster open now to where you can hold somebody for up to six weeks. And that's a big fribbing deal. It doesn't have to be an offensive player. So just don't don't get into that construct or that, that box. Don't put yourself in the box because yeah. I know they aren't. And uh, it's, oh, it's oh, all oh, no. about talent. Somewhere, some very talented player is going to be held on to because of the JMO suspension. And that's maybe is it as a position that has a high propensity for injury? Maybe. Who knows? Who knows how they approach it? What's the strategy behind it? Very interesting, though. Real, real opportunity. So a lot of the guys that we're talking about, Benito Jones certainly fits that bill. Um, on offense, I think Jermar Jefferson at running back is firmly on the – and it's not necessarily about Jermar as much as do we keep four running backs or do we only keep three. Um, as much as I would like for them to cut Jason Kabinda, and I say that he's a phenomenal human being, great guy, Incredible locker room leader. I, I said earlier in the show, he's not one of the 70 best players on this football team. He's just not. Yeah. He's, and it uh, frustrates me a little bit that he's going to make this. I, I don't think there's intensity. any chance that he gets cut. His intensity <laughs> carries him very, very far, man. <laughs> and, and so I, 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 I mentioned that earlier today that, like, um, I think he's replaceable on special teams. Some of my colleagues think he's a little better than that and i'll we'll we'll agree to disagree there but i think i, yeah. I think it's kind of a real point because i don't think he's going anywhere if so the question is really on that is is he differentiated enough on special teams that he's worth keeping even if you think he's I if you differ on where he's at i don't think anybody can make the the argument that he's that much better on special teams than the next person they might keep i don't think i don't think he's, he's better than anthony Pittman, and anthony Pittman is on the bubble on the other side yeah yeah I think Anthony Pittman's a better special teams player than jason cabinda i don't think they're keeping seven linebackers or even six <laughs> That's the problem for him. Um, Jalen Jalen Reeves Maben, I think honestly today played himself off the bubble and on as for sure the fifth linebacker. Uh, he he was great today, uh, great on special teams, but also great in defense uh, and specifically in the role of backing up um, what Derek Barnes does. Yep. He looked great today, and yep. and he has he does have the special teams pelt on the wall. So I think he played his way off. Now, now you're talking more about positions rather than players. Are they going to keep six safeties, cornerback, defensive back? I just punched my headphones. Um, are they going to keep Nate Sudfeld? Oh, man. They will. I they will. I, I think I, they will. I do, too. Uh, I'm not crazy about that. But – so here's the thing, and I, I, I phrase this weirdly, and I hope that it comes across when I say it better as I say it rather than write it. 
he's he's actually pretty good, except when he's not, and then he's terrible. And that's like his his baseline is better than Teddy. Like I don't have any doubt in my mind about that. The problem is, is that his baseline bounces all over the place, and his low is really freaking low. Like yep. like Tim Boyle, we're down there where it's unacceptable. There, well, that's that's a problem. Just to go back to Kabinda really quick, you, you, it's again, it's you, I'm I'm, a, I'm an economics guy. Uh, comparative advantage. What's the differential between him and somebody else on special teams? What's the differential between him and Rock Wright? And I don't remember who put it in the chat. Sorry if I missed you. Uh, Brock Wright or Matt Nelson. Steve Wilde said that. Uh, as your fullback, as a blocker, right? What's the comparative advantage of that position, that person, that player that you keep on the roster in place of that differential in what he gives you between those people, those positions? I, I, I'm having a hard time. There's not a lot of love in the, in the chat for him, but I'm having a hard time as much as like he, he was fun, very meme worthy. I just having a hard time making a case for him to make it on the active, the 53 side of the roster. It's just, it is. And, and, and that position just doesn't really exist much anymore. He, he cannot keep dropping passes. He just can't. No. And that was a bad no, no, one. I know, that I know, was a bad I, one I, in that last game, bro. That really was. Uh, that was, that was rough. Um, he, yeah, I, I, let me throw this at you. Benito Jones can play fullback. There you go. How would you like to have a 337 pound, like Benito Jones coming at you instead of a 245 pound Jason Cabinda who still blocks way too freaking high. I was wondering about, and you can laugh all you want, but you, they talk, you talk about the, the rugby play on the goal line kind of play. What about a guy? Number one, Broderick Martin, right? <laughs> crazy, crazy. Right. But what about a guy? Yeah. Here's, here's one that I think is, is actually like crazy. Interesting. Ali McNeil with his new svelte, quick but still powerful self he's an interesting guy that could take a role there as well man mm. i'll give you another one john kaminsky was an option quarterback in high go. school there you go there you go <laughs> a good one yeah and so there are a lot a lot of, a lot of possibilities a lot of options uh and i think um i think there's there's all kinds of stuff there all right Riz, yes, anything else in the bubble watch you want to cover before we uh roll uh, let's, let's talk about the undrafted defensive backs i think starling thomas isn't even on the bubble i think he's solidly on and i think he proved like that one. by four we'll go to special teams for a second first two punts against jacksonville starling thomas as the gunner forced fair catches that that's making the team like that right there Aside from the fact they can also return kicks, and he's a pretty promising cornerback, I think. I think some folks are writing some checks that his game can't quite cash yet in, in coverage, but he's 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 worthy of certainly keeping around and developing. And I do think he is a guy that if they tried to cut him, would get claimed by somewhere else. Yep. Stephen Gilmore is very difficult. Yeah, yeah. God. I don't know on that one. Stephen Gilmore, pedigree? Lucas. Uh, yeah, that's that's the hard part because uh, he he wasn't great today. That, that was he, oh he did have a nice play, um, but Thomas is clearly ahead of him. I think it's between Stephen Gilmore and Chase Lucas. Excuse me, 
Lucas has been better, but he kind of plateaued um, and didn't didn't play well against Jacksonville in practices or the game. Special teams is fair. Yeah. I think Gilmore offers you more defensively, but I, I'm not sure that either of them is going to make it. He's I'll give you another guy, though, that, that's bubbling up, and that's Brandon Joseph from Notre Dame and originally from Northwestern where he was Kirby's much little brother. Notre Dame. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's what happens when AI writes articles, Chris. <laughs> that right there is what happens. You don't know Let's that. Go back I'm to real. conversation because that, that, that was actually published by. Unfortunately, you've met me. Otherwise I could play that out pretty far, pretty far, but. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Brandon Joseph made the interception at the end of the Giants game, played relatively well against Jacksonville, has played relatively well in the joint practices, has seen his special teams responsibilities increasing. I don't know if he's going to make it, but if there is a dark horse to make your defense, it would be him. And that would be because if he is still injured, it's because Savion Smith, I don't, I didn't see him today. Emmanuel Mosley is not going to be playing football anytime soon, I'm afraid. So maybe there's a spot for a guy like that to come in. And then after six weeks, when a certain number nine comes back, he can go to the practice squad. And Stafford's coming back. Oh, my God. You heard it here, folks. Rumor. Jeff Risden says... Number nine, coming back to Detroit. You know, people are going to actually think that. this, And this is a problem with AI. AI is going to scour this podcast and glean that. And I will get misquoted on it. And Stephen A. Smith will have my ass. Again. That. But this time in print. All right. Let's get to uh, the next topic. Let's move on because it's, it's, it's good to move on. Stephen A. Smith was a brilliant writer. Would you put back to that? Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. So good. One of, the, one, of, one of my one of my sports writing like one of the people that I really wanted to like take after like his basketball stuff was so freaking good and now he's what he is now here you are on the best Detroit Lions podcast in the land that's right that's right, that's right. That's right. right. let's get to the next anybody one. else in the bubble um uh, oh. let me think <laughs> wide receiver Dylan Drummond maybe I think Dylan Drummond makes it I don't think Chase Cota makes it. I'm going to speed walk through these. I think they're only keeping three running backs. Craig Reynolds is absolutely the number three running back. There's no debate about that, internal or external. If they keep a fourth, I think it's Benny Snell because he's got specialty. He's got a thousand special teams reps. Can I jump in really quick? This is a big one. And we we hit this Liam Gaddy guys. I think we should poach other teams for offensive tackle depth just to kind of reiterate that. Yeah. People have starters that may not be as good as our for our best backups, just so you know. And when you start yeah. getting down the the roster at their backups, you're going to have a hard time. I mean, you are now at it's, the bottom of the bad. depth pile. I wouldn't even look at that position, to be honest. I I've don't said, know if there's it, gems out there. I said it earlier in the podcast. I've had people who cover other teams asking me what it would take to get Jermaine Effetti out of Detroit and onto their roster because he's better than anything they've got. Multiple teams. 
That's that's the reality of where the offensive line is. You're not finding anybody who's better anywhere. Uh, and people have mentioned Taylor Lewan. Taylor Lewan's happy being a podcaster. He's he's had so many freaking injuries. He doesn't need this crap anymore. He knows it too. Oh God, yeah. And I, any day, I would rather have podcaster money than football money. Any day of the week, you know this. <laughs> Taylor, you know what we're talking about Taylor 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 Lewan. I'm not a Titans fan, but I, I enjoy his podcast. He and uh, the guy that does it with them, blanking on his name. They're good. They're really? like they're they're really? pretty good. They do it on a bus. It's it's yeah. good. Busting with the boys. Um, yeah. Really quick. Yes. Hey. Thank you. Yes. Yes. All right. We're gonna go on to the next topic. Rizzy. Rizzy. Riz. All right. You can't make us stay. Hmm. All right. <laughs> Beachfront debate because that's where we're at we're down here in Tampa. We're getting ready for the game against Tampa. There will be a party. Uh, there will be a pregame, postgame tailgate. Get yourself ready if you're going to come to the game. We got some real fun. Um, a couple of us even have uh, some reservations for a real fine dinner the evening before, wow. right, Sam? Um, and Colin, uh, here we are. Beachfront debate: Should oh, starters man. play preseason games? We touched on this a little bit. What is a beachfront debate? Well, we wanted to be just like the real journalists, so and we knew AI oh, God, was no. listening, so we wanted to say, you know, we figured out if we covered both sides. If we said the pros and the cons, then we couldn't be told we're wrong because we said the thing that wound up being right. So we are going to do a flip-flop style debate, beachfront flip-flop debate. Uh, We'll start out, we'll argue one side, and then we'll argue the other side, and then we'll have it all figured out, and the AI can suck it. By the way, brand spanking new sweet. NFC Central champs, Detroit Lions. Love that shirt. Detroit Lions, Detroit Lions podcast.com slash store. Get your shirt immediately there. Chris, is that where I can get that shirt? Where where can I get it again? Detroit Lions podcast.com slash store. My good friend. It is a one of a kind. It's a great shirt and it's super soft. All right. Let's do the flip flop debate. Should starters play this preseason game? Riz. I absolutely believe that the starters should be out there playing every game because we all see the first week of football. We see how terrible these teams are. Teams that would otherwise win throughout the season don't get a chance because their starters haven't played together. They don't have their timing down. They don't have anything figured out. They have no idea how to play football together. Absolutely, 100% starters should be on the field in the preseason because you only have 17 games and 17 games is not enough to give one away to chance because you haven't got your best players ready to play the game. Oh, now you can go counterpoint. We're talking about practice games. Like we've had, we've, they've had so many reps against the joint practices against the giants, against the Jaguars. Like they've, they've had those reps. Trust your coaches to get the players ready. We love this coaching staff, right? 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 Let's let's give them a little faith in them that they will they understand their team and that they will have them ready that they're they're working enough in practice to take care of it and they don't need to don't need to see it in the games. You have to play your starters in order to get them a taste of winning. If these guys don't get out there oh and know God. what the winning is like, you're teaching them how to lose. Those players need to come out, play those preseason games, have that thrill of victory, stomping the fools they're playing against so that when they hit the season, they hit it at full speed and they just roll through their opponents because they've learned how to win. 
Coach Marinelli, go away. That was Rod Marinelli's exact rationale when they went 4-0 and and kicked everybody's ass in the 2008 preseason. Brandon knew where I was going in the chat here. <laughs> it up here too. I, I did it pretty convincingly, though, didn't I? You did. You, you, you. Oh, man. Rod Marinelli, great defensive line coach. All right. Now it is your turn, my friend, Riz. Right. You have to take the pro play the starters because you never know. You could be right with this wonderful argument that you're about. To I'm going to go into a di- different direction here because it's something that I got a lot of feedback on actually going to the Jacksonville game. The fans paid to see good football. Ooh. Like they're, they're disappointed and not like, this is my one chance. Like I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll make a straw man here. This is one chance to take my little boy, Johnny, to go see, you know, Jared Goff and, and I'm on Ross St. Brown and, and Aiden Hutchinson. They're never going to get a chance. We can't afford regular season tickets. So we go to the preseason to see these players play. Throw us a freaking bone, man. That's fair. But you know what? Those same kids, they get an opportunity that they're not otherwise going to get. Since you're a broke-ass guy who can't go to any of those other games, can't take your family out there to a $7,000 game for a family of four, um, these kids get a chance to get an autograph from the likes of Jared Goff because he's not too busy playing the game. He's there interacting with the fans along the sidelines. Him and Amon Ra and Hutch are out there doing you know, that 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 work with the crowd and giving these kids a chance to meet their heroes. Wow. <laughs> I like that. This is fun. That's good. That's good. Why else would I play my starters? I, I would actually I, I actually do kind of believe this, too. I do think <laughs> there's some value in younger starters, like getting a taste for being in a stadium like. I've never been on a, like, especially this week. This is their first road game for the rookies. Like, let's let's see what it's like to prepare, to stay in the team hotel, to go out there, to have to get ready on a game day. This is a night game. Like, that's, that's, that's another variable. Like, this is our chance to prepare for, like, there's a lot of things that can go into the preparation cycle, and then you just sit there and you don't play. It's like, it's like blue balls, man. Like, let me, let me have the climax. Let me get out there. Let me experience this. And uh, I think that would be good for some of the rookies, um, especially the rookies that are on the roster bubble. Like maybe you'll get a chance to understand, um, like for starter, like Brian Branch, like he hasn't played really yet. Like let's let him, let's let him feel what the hard turf is like. Like, so he he knows how to prepare for it when they, they go back to Carolina. That, that would be my, not, that's not an argument for all the starters, but for guys like Branch and, Broderick Martin, well, he's not going to start. Um, that's a bad example. Um, some of the younger guys that are that are going to play, um, Gibbs. Let's let him get out there and let let's let him see what he can do on an outdoor stadium. Their crap turf, you know. Prepare, like I, I, I kind of want to see how that. I, I do want to see how that plays out. Actually, that, that that's probably my most convincing argument, and I do sort of believe that. If I'm Dan Campbell, I'm telling you that turf is nowhere near as hard as these nuts. But besides that, <laughs> besides I forget you're that. 12 sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's, you gotta, I'm, I cover it up sometimes. Sometimes I know um, there's obviously the injury opportunity that could happen. That's why I don't play him. But 
The other side of it is, is these are professionals. I don't care. These men are professionals. They are expected to play when they are expected to play. They need to be ready, prepared. And the coaching staff is professionals. The players are professionals. This team will be ready at second one of game one. When that clock starts ticking, these boys will be ready to show up when those lights go on. That's what a professional does. And if they can't do it, they don't deserve to play in the NFL. And every one of these men in the 53-man roster, all the way through the coaching staff to the front office, they deserve to be there. There you go. <laughs> Flip-flop. Beachfront debate. For should the starters play in the season? That was kind of fun. I enjoyed that. I was. I would just say. I'm you're so, somewhat, you're now I, arguing your way into saying starters should I, play. <laughs> oh, this is good. No, 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 because in my overriding take when we sat down to do this in the pre-show, and I actually I had this conversation with somebody in the stands today. Um, and I'm like we just watched Jacksonville eviscerate our depth. Like, we don't want to see that. We don't want to see these guys play if they don't have to. Like, for God's sakes, don't get anybody hurt. Uh, there was a play today. Derek Barnes came up like gimpy, like, like oh, I hurt his foot. He hopped off. I'm like, oh, crap. This is not good. Yeah. He wound up coming back in. He actually made, a, he made an interception. He picked off Goff later. Or, no, he tip-drilled. An interception to CJGJ uh, because Gibbs couldn't run past him on a pa- on a on a route. That's that's where Derek Barnes' speed is going up on a on a wheel route on the outside. Barnes covered it perfectly, deflected it up, and CJGJ got the interception. Like th- that doesn't happen if Barnes gets hurt and yeah. is like really hurt. Like you can't you cannot risk it, especially when you're playing the team later in the year and you're not going to be doing anything that you're going to do anyways. This game. It wouldn't surprise me if they turn and hand the ball off like fifty times. Just yeah, let's get let's let's get out of here. Let's go home. Let's yeah, go, we're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it's. I think that's a lot of what we're going to see. I don't think they want to hurt the depth. I don't want to think they want to hurt anything across the across those boys. But uh, that's where it was. That was fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. I mean, these these I've, these little things where because you can kind of see a little bit of both sides. Yeah, I have an opinion. I wish I was closer to a beach because I'm actually in Canton, Michigan right now, and that's nowhere near a beach. I'm near IKEA. Oh God, I'm gonna I'm gonna be heading out for rum runners tomorrow down on the beach. Um, oh. Rockaway Cafe down on Clearwater Beach, gorgeous. Um, <laughs> I will I'll say there's you know you, you we talk so much black and white about uh, you know thoughts and opinions on the show. But most of these things come from things that are relatively nuanced and you can make arguments on both sides, but we often have to land in a kind of a place when we talk about it. And this is kind of fun because you got to work through some of the things maybe you did or didn't, you know, some of them were silly, but you get to work through some of the thinking and some of the other angles that people are arguing, right? To have that conversation. I absolutely still land in the don't play the starters side um, I saw that you were getting convinced by my wonderful debate skills, my master debating, but you, uh, you did make manage to keep yourself in line with where you started. So good work, Riz. I'm a fairly level-headed person, except when I'm not. Much like Nate Sudfeld is a pretty good quarterback, except when he's not a fairly level-headed person. Can't trust him. Can't trust him. Can't trust you. Can't trust Sudfeld. That's, That's the one thing you guys. Damn straight, man. <laughs> it's like you're talking to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you never know when you're going to show up, but with a different, like, like in the headphones. All right, let's get to the next one. Uh, what a touch about, 
want to touch on something really quickly. Um, this is season for St. Jude. We're going to be doing uh, fundraising this year for St. Jude all season long. It's a great season for the Lions. Like this shirt right here. It's a harbinger of joy and winning, bringing a winning culture and a winning mindset back to and a confidence back to fans. Get rid of that old kind of loser mindset. Take pride in that 91 championship in the NFC Central. And this year we'll also print a NFC North champion shirt. All things uh, considered and going well. But with St. Jude, it's an, it's a, it's an all-season thing for us. It's, uh, we wanted to really put some focus on it this year. It's, there's a lot of eyeballs on what we do. Um, it's the one thing, I mean, that we're, <laughs> I laugh about it and say that our whole reason for the podcast is to launder other people's money into the hands of very, very good charities, and St. Jude is one of them. Um, we're just here to help help people and families when they need it. So uh, if you guys could help out along the way, we'll talk about it a lot. We will try not to beat your ears off. But we do want to remind you, it is stjude.org slash DLP. Your name will go across the scroll bar. You get the money counted in there towards the goal of $50,000. It's stjude.org slash DLP. You can do a donation. They do PayPal, credit cards, the whole, I mean, 100,000 different ways you can donate there. Please do so. It's a great cause, great people, and uh, great families that deserve help at the time when they really, really are looking for a hand up when they could use it the most. So anything you can do there, it's uh, something we're going to dedicate the season to this year. And that is important to us. Like it really is. Like we, yeah. we, we actually talk about that off the air when we're talking like, what, what more can we do to help St. Jude's? It's, yep. I'm, I'm glad that you have drawn me into your web on that. I'm very proud to be part of that. It's, it, it, I always, I say it every year and, and people, a lot of them don't like the idea of where it came from, but I think it's something to remember. Um, it started with Matt Patricia on the combine. I was sitting in a hotel room in California yeah. watching the combine. He made a donation and he didn't want to take credit for it. He wouldn't go on TV. He just, and it went, and, and, and Eisen was a little bit stunned. He, the way he put it was, it was a sizable donation. And I was like, you know what? Fans can do it too. And a that's lot of zeros. Yeah. A yeah. lot of zeros. <laughs> So that's something we yeah. can do. Anything you can do as well. Stjude.org slash DLP. Get that in there and help us raise some money for those, those sick kids. Thank you everybody for doing that. And thank you for indulging us while we do this. Let's go. When we win the North, who is most likely to vie for second Chicago or green Bay? So it's going to be Minnesota and who, because he said vying for a second, neither, none of them will even vie for first. So it is a has been uh, battle. Who do you think it's going to be Minnesota and who Riz? Oh, you just keep saying vie and I'm thinking Steve vie and I've got the Vi. audiences listening in my head now. Vi tie. Think of that. Vi tie. Um, I think Chicago is going to be one of the most improved teams in the NFL this year. But they have to be because they were the worst last year. They had the number one pick. They traded out. I think so. I I think nine and eight wins the division. Quite frankly, I think the Lions are far and away the most likely to get to that nine and eight mark, if not better. I think Green Bay, if their defense plays to the Plays to the sum of its parts, and they haven't done that very well lately. And their young receivers develop. I think even with Jordan Love not being very good, I think they're going to be all right. Don't think they're going to threaten the Lions, but I think that they can threaten the Vikings to be 
eight and nine, seven and ten, maybe nine and eight if they stay completely healthy all year. And I, I think Chicago's ceiling is like if everything goes great for them, it's like seven and ten. And that that's the, their rookie safety last year was their leading sacker. Like they have they've 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 done a lot. They haven't done enough. Like they're a year. They are going into where the Lions were at the beginning of last year. They've just got so far to go to, to get up. So I, I, don't, I don't think they can make the leap. I think, I think it's going to be Minnesota and then Green Bay. Minnesota fascinates me because their top-end talent is still really good, but their team collectively got worse, and I don't know how they're going to handle I'll tell you what, the, the only sacks they're going to get this year contain these nuts. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Campbell. I love you, brother. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Um, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I agree. I think Chicago is is an, a very scary, interesting team. Um, they don't have all the pieces. It's not all put together. They're very much no. remind me of the Lions last year. And no. and it, nope. it's going to take a lot. I mean, they have the benefit of a quarterback that could really be good. You don't know yet. Right. You have the mobile part of the quarterback down. If he can start throwing the ball, <laughs> you could you could have some some significant um a significant they threat. They got there. him they got him at least one NFL caliber receiver. He didn't have any last year. So Yeah. Can't hurt. His best running back though is in Detroit now. David David Montgomery looks good, folks. He looks good. Yep, yep, yep. He looks good. There you go. All right, with that, we're going to talk about some quick, closey, closey, closey things. Uh, first, about the Patreon. It's a great place to hang out with the Riz and I and Michael and a couple of new folks are joining us. Be ready for that. Uh, Ash, the whole, I keep calling him Michael. It's Gray. It's Michael Gray. It's Michael. It's all those things. He's he's Just, just call him Gray. He's just so cuddly. I want to call him my little cuddle monkey. Uh, gray, the whole him Gray. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I know better. <laughs> um, the whole crew hangs out and a lot of really, really great people. It's a lot of fun. Uh, talking lions, uh, respectful. I mean, there's, dis- there's disagreements, but it is respectful disagreements. Uh, it's the most intelligent. You're allowed to disagree. Chat. Most intelligent yeah, yeah, lions chat yeah. on the internet. Disagreement is great. That's how progress gets made. Absolutely. As long as you're not flinging poo at one another, you're fine. Like you wind up being in a better spot for it. Without being There's, disagreeable. Right. Dis- yeah. Yes. Disagree without being disagreeable. There you go. All right. And if, and somebody pre- if somebody presents you with a fact that like changes your mind, like acknowledge it. 100%. 100%. Uh, so patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast gets you access to that love site, the Slack. And it's, I mean, it's got all kinds of college sports, other sports, hockey, basketball, all that. There's different channels for all that home improvement, basketball. gambling, investing, DLP dining, has DLP some good stuff in gains, it. baby. I mean, there's what I'm looking right now, 450 wow. people in there hanging out and, and they're very, very focused and smart and experts in their field type of people. Really, really good group of folks. Uh, yeah. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You got to donate at least five dollars a month to get into there, but it's it's worth every single one of them. I'm telling you that for sure. It's also, just correct. follow us on the Twitter maker uh, at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast at Jeff Risden and go pants free, especially on the tickety tockety. We are pants free there all the time. DET Lions pod det lions pod that's where we're at there uh give us a call via skype detroit lions podcast all one word detroit lions podcast and uh you can use the regular old phone and call us at 248-782-8384 248 rub you 
Thug. Remember that number, because that's going to be the call-in line for our post-game shows. <gasps> They're coming back, yay. Be sure to go to the Detroit Lions podcast, subscribe to the podcast, because Riz, while they got their lips wrapped around the fire hose, what are you doing to them? I'm coming into your earholes automatically. <laughs> that's right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time with the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, and no problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Please get your ears cleaned regularly. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.